This is your host, Dr. Marina Book. Uh, Again, just to recap, last episode, I spoke about revamping the blog, and I really want to repurpose it, serve a larger uh, purpose of merging two worlds of pharmacy and herbalism together and educating people that are interested by these two topics. I'm very passionate about it, and... I'm excited to bring you our first guest ever, Dr. Pam Tarlow, who is a pharmacist at the Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy in Santa Monica, California. And I've recently come across it um, through the first ever pharmacy resident that will be both taking the program and helping to build the program of the postgraduate year one residency at the Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy. Um, And her name is Swathi Varanasi, who I had the pleasure of meeting when she was visiting New York uh, recently. So again, thank you, Swathi, for connecting me and Dr. Pam Tarlow. Thank you, Dr. Pam, for this amazing interview that you're about to hear. And without further ado, I'll let her tell her story in coming up in just one minute. Okay. Hello, Pam Tarlow, and welcome to my podcast at Raw Fork. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, as we just briefly chatted, I informed you that you're my first quote-unquote real interview that I'm conducting here, so I'm super excited and honored that it, you'll be joining me. Yes, likewise. I'm very honored and very happy to be in this conversation, as I was the other conversation that we had. Perfect, yes. So, yeah, we just met briefly over phone, via phone, um, because of a mutual friend, Swati Varanasi, who will be starting your uh, PGY1 PharmD residency program. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself in your own words and maybe a little bit about your background? Sure, thank you. I'd be happy to. I am a community pharmacist, and the type of unique community pharmacist that I am is imagine yourself in a pharmacy, and you're on the pharmacy aisle, and you're not sure whether to get your prescription filled or take a vitamin or see a practitioner or do all of it or do none of it. I'm the type of pharmacist that you want to talk to. My practice over the last 25-plus years has been conventional pharmacy plus natural supplements and natural ways of healing. And I currently work in a couple of capacities providing that information for practitioners and also mostly for the public. Wow, that's wonderful. I definitely want to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, any type of patient would probably gravitate towards that kind of pharmacist. 
Um, so how did you get into these um, roles that you currently hold? And why don't you tell us a little bit about each one? I know you have a very unique setting of your practice. Yes, I have a couple of unique settings. And, Marina, this has been over a long period of time. I graduated from pharmacy school in 1981 from the University of Southern California with absolutely no intention of getting to this kind of practice. Uh, I knew I wanted to be in the community setting rather than the hospital setting. And then opportunities came, but particularly the opportunity to help my patients. In the mid-90s, early 1990s, I was working in a small two-pharmacy-owned community pharmacy in Los Angeles, and got to know the patients very well. And they were starting to ask me about herbs and vitamins in a way that I wanted to know but didn't know. I was used to being able to provide really excellent drug information in a very personal way. And when they asked me questions about dietary supplements, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't trained that way. And so they really speared me on to try to find out about it. And the more I did and the more I talked to my patients and then their doctors, the better I liked it. Wow, that's beautiful. So you kind of catered to the people, gave them what they wanted. Yeah, especially people who wanted appropriate guidance about whether they could take their drugs and something else. And also very often, to this day, get the question, quote, is there anything else more natural? And <laughs> get that a lot. What's natural for? And that's not the kind of pharmacy practice that I do. I look at it a little differently. I don't substitute something for aspirin or something for this or something for that. That's really not my role. My role is to talk to the person, whether it's the patient, the end user, or their doctor, about what the goal is and to see if there's anything in the natural world that can enhance that outcome. Also, to make sure there's nothing that they're doing or considering taking in the natural world that would go against that or cause a safety issue. Okay, perfect. Um, so... How did you sort of educate yourself to be able to assist patients in this way? Did you attend any kind of formal programs after pharmacy school, or was it mostly just research on your own, or how did you get the knowledge that you possess today? Isn't that the question we ask each other, those of us that have been doing this for a long time, before there were actually educational programs? Uh, and so, yes, this was my interest in this became came about much before there were real programs to do. And like many of us, I didn't know where to turn when my time came to look beyond standard pharmaceutical practices and guidelines, medical guidelines. And this, I, I needed that. It was not life-threatening. It was what some people might consider minor and nagging. I had exhausted all pharmaceutical options and took a chance and looked a little beyond that and became a patient of a natural healer, an acupuncturist, an herbalist, and 
and I saw what he was doing with me, and I got some very slow yet profound results. And I emphasize the very slow because, as we know as pharmacists, some drugs can work very quickly. And Mm -hmm. many examples of those, if you have acid reflux and you take certain pills, your acid reflux goes away in a few minutes to an hour. The natural healing way, although sometimes it can be fast, for me it was quite slow. Yet I was interested enough that as he was doing things for me and I was feeling better, I started looking into it. And then all of a sudden, my patients started asking me similar type questions. And I found that great professional satisfaction of being able to go beyond, even extend my knowledge to what they were asking. And that continued for many years. And I found that there were certain lectures that I could go to put out by the supplement companies that was all biased information at the beginning. It was put out by supplement companies, yet there was a lot of fact in it. And it became obvious to me as a pharmacist, and my undergraduate was in chemistry, that this had some sense, that there were ways of enhancing the body's own ability to help itself if appropriate. And I think that's where we as pharmacists come in, is that we can help patients, in addition to their care providers, to find out if it's appropriate. Um, We still get people that come into our pharmacy that want to know what they can take instead of insulin for their type 1 diabetes. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) There's nothing you can do. You need, if your body isn't producing insulin, you have to take insulin. But what I learned in those functional medicine lectures initially that made sense and still does is that even perfect glucose control for a diabetic doesn't prevent some of the long-term effects of having a chronic disease like diabetes. And the macula, the eye is vulnerable, and the blood vessels are vulnerable to cardiovascular disease as well as the kidneys, and the nerves, neuropathy, even with perfect control. So there was something missing in what I was taught in pharmacy school and, and really embraced still to this day. There is really an appropriate place for Western medicine, and there might be an appropriate place for some non-conventional Western medicine treatments if it's caught early enough or if it's not so serious. But where I found uh, find people really needing support, including clinicians, is can I still use natural medicines or can't I? Are they going to interfere with my disease? Are they going to interfere with my drugs? Um, there's all kinds of things like that. And so mm-hmm. it was a, the more I learned, the more I found things that made sense and equally found things that didn't make sense. And, and the more I learned about that, the more my patients asked me. And so I'd really like to emphasize that I found a lot of stuff that I didn't believe or didn't think was right in those beginning lectures. And I set out to be the kind of healthcare professional that might be able to tell the difference and effectively communicate that to whoever I was talking to. And that is an ongoing aspiration to this day, even this morning. Wow. 
Wow, that was uh, a lot to take in right there. So I'm going to yeah. try to dissect a few things that were Good. really interesting. Sorry, I get on the roll. I get very excited about it. So I'm no, trying to practice my own medicine. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like like many of us, you got into the line of work of being more uh, holistic or natural because of your own personal experience. And you mentioned that you were a patient yourself. So I think a lot of us have some kind of incident or family member or our own um, health issues that drives us to kind of seek for deeper answers. Um, so that's what I heard you say. And so when you went to a practitioner for this, you mentioned he was an acupuncturist and herbalist. So was he a practitioner of the um, Chinese model, of the Chinese medical traditional he, medicine? Yes. He was a licensed acupuncturist and an herbalist of traditional Chinese medicine. He also studied and practiced two other things that he used for me. He practiced Ayurvedic medicine, which is the native medicine from the continent of India. And he also was an, is an aromatherapist. And because I went to him for chronic upper respiratory and lower respiratory infections, like sinus infections and bronchitis, he used inhaled essential oils for me in order to help my whole respiratory system and my nervous system. And that is one of my other specialties that I integrate into all kinds of treatment plans when appropriate. Again, we're not so, going to use, it's not going to smell an essential oil instead of taking insulin for type 1 diabetes. That's ridiculous. Right. When appropriate, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, so your other specialty is essential oil and aromatherapy, correct? Yes, and my specialty in that is how to utilize that in a community-type pharmacy setting. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great avocation and part of my profession and a really fun part of my day because I get to smell them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so... We went through that, and so when you also mentioned specialty, so what do you consider yourself a specialist in? I know you said um, drug interactions and disease interactions possibly and essential oils, um, and then you also mentioned functional medicine. So mm -hmm. is there anything else that I'm missing that you got training on? Well, none of this is formal. I think the only formal postgraduate 1981 training that I received was I did take a certificate course in pharmacogenomics, which greatly interests me. And I was mm -hmm. involved in, uh, and pharmacogenomics is the combination of pharmacology, the study of drugs, plus genetics. And so I do have a certificate in that, but I have found that at the community pharmacy and both at the clinic where I work, that I can't put that into practice very well yet, though it really interests me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does sound fascinating, and it's a vastly growing field, I would imagine. Yeah, the, I wouldn't call myself an expert in the following things, but I can tell you a few other things that I use day-to-day -day practicing as a pharmacist. Yeah, and sure. One of the, sure, one of those is homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And the, the practice of homeopathy, the whole system, not saying arnica instead of 
ibuprofen, but looking at what homeo, which sometimes it's appropriate, uh, but looking at the whole situation of whether what homeopathy has to offer the person I'm talking to makes sense and can I explain it to them and incorporate it safely and appropriately into whatever else they're doing, including their lifestyle. And, and so I have had some training in homeopathy and I am, I have been trained to teach it and I teach it often and also to teach pharmacists how to use it in a community setting. Not as a sole practitioner, but according to the scope of what pharmacists do. Okay, great. So the one thing that always kind of boggles me about homeopathy is I feel like there's a lot of restrictions for it to be used in precisely the way for it to be effective. What I mean is um, I'm not sure if you could combine it with any other remedies because it's so subtle that if you use it with other things, those other things may interfere with its action. Is that true? Am I correct in that? Um, yes, you're, you're correct, but that's not always the case. And it depends at what level and what the outcomes are that you want to use homeopathy. I use it mostly for self-limiting, means it would go away on its own anyway, uh, simple acute cases. Somebody bumps their toe or could even be more chronic, they can't sleep. And so to the level that I practice it, that doesn't matter as much. The real subtlety of homeopathy, the practitioners, the ones that have certificates that have gone to school for four years and done quite a bit of experience and study, I find that uh, probably a little more reasonable to expect from them. So okay. yes and no, but the key for a uh, for a pharmacist and and a uh, just the general public that's using it is if it's a condition or a symptom, actually a symptom that you can monitor, you'll know pretty quickly whether it's helping that or not. If somebody's taking a remedy for hay fever and their symptoms stay the same, it's probably not the right remedy or something's interfering with it. But if it helps, then then you know it helps. It always I like homeopathy because you monitor the symptoms. Right. Well, that makes sense. And the one thing that pharmacy school did teach us is that, as it might not be effective, but at least it's relatively speaking perfectly safe because of how minute these doses are that we're taking in. So sometimes they were skeptical in pharmacy school to recommend it, but they but they did emphasize that at least the patients won't be harmed by this kind I of remedy. I love your pharmacy <laughs> school said that because not every pharmacy school does, and I would concur with that. Under yeah. most circumstances, there's very little chance of it harming or causing an adverse effect, and the worst that it usually does, and this is a big worst where we come in as pharmacists, is that the worst it could do is delay needed medical care. Right. When somebody right. chooses to take a homeopathic instead of seeing a doctor or some other clinician. And uh, so you're absolutely right with that. And then the subtleties I usually leave to the homeopaths, and it's wonderful at the pharmacy where I work four days a week, there's almost always one to two homeopaths right there on the floor available to talk to and to ask 
for suggestions. Yeah, we work very, very collaboratively at the store. So the homeopath may be helping someone who's on medication, and she'll come over and talk to me, or I may be helping someone who's on medications or other things, and they're taking a homeopathic medicine, or I want to suggest it, and I check with the homeopath. So our customers get more than just one of us at a time. That's brilliant. So I definitely want to talk a lot about the store, which you mentioned, the Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy. But right before we get into that, um, I'd like to also have you tell the listeners what else you do other than those four days a week, What, how else you divide your schedule between your other jobs. Sure, sure. We didn't even finish the other things that I like to do. May I just mention those now? We we got involved in homeopathy. But um uh, Okay, so yeah, why don't you finish your area? Why don't I do that? So just do that, really. Uh, Because, um, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying about Santa Monica Homeopathic, because all of us that work there, both practitioners and non-practitioner staff, we all have our area of interest or relative expertise. And so I usually get called over having anything to do with hormones. I absolutely love hormones. I like hard <laughs> situations and puzzles. And so from all stages of life, but particularly from PMS through menopause for women, mm-hmm. uh, I've been trained as a compounding pharmacist, though I currently don't do it at either of my locations. And I really enjoy that discussion about what to do when hormonally related symptoms come up. And that's where I pull from all the different modalities that I've talked to you about. The other area I like, which is related to hormones, is things having to do with mood, anxiety, depression, um, those kind of things, and and how they are not just very simple cases. Sometimes a thyroid condition can cause or contribute to depression, and maybe we might help someone with depression by supporting their thyroid. In some cases, these are all just ideas. I just keep all these ideas in my head and see what makes sense to the patient. So I like that. I like neurotransmitters a lot. And then the last thing to mention, which was part of my treatment with my original natural doctor, acupuncturist, is a regular meditation practice. Mm. And that's something I'm doing now as we're talking. And nice. I do in the store when I train students, I train pharmacy students, medical residents, and acupuncturists, we all discuss what role calming the nervous system down, but even more than that, the meditation skills can be very, very helpful for both symptoms and for natural resilience. And mm-hmm. as you know, any time we can help somebody to have their body be more resilient, that's going to be utilizing the body's own mechanisms for healing when appropriate. Yeah, that's great. And so I get uh, to do that, yeah, at, at the both locations that I work. Yeah, so the anxiety, depression, I could definitely relate to that. And here in New York, uh, I know you're in California, maybe a little bit different, but in New York we have so much of that going on and so much stress that people put themselves under that uh, I think every single patient I've ever met had a complaint about it. Yeah. 
And now yeah. mindfulness is the buzzword. When my doctor prescribed meditation for me, we hadn't heard about it that much. And I'm very appreciative to him that he got me started 25 years ago. And that, because practices, meditation practices, they don't work right away. Just like going to the gym, you don't get strong the first day or two. Mm-hmm. Regular use of them. And when you stop doing it, you just, you get, go back to it. So I try to be supportive, do it myself and be supportive of anybody that I come in contact with in how easy it is to begin a practice. Even your listeners now could feel where their body is touching whatever they're sitting on, like their chair or what their fingers are touching or how the breath goes in and out. So we can all be doing just a tiny bit of kinds of meditation in our normal day activities and then devote some dedicated time. Mm-hmm. So Thank you're you for talking, letting me say that. <laughs> of course, you're talking about moving meditations, right? When you're going through the motions of your day, but you're paying attention particularly to the physical things that your your senses are um, identifying and feeling. And just if you're washing the dishes, just like focusing on the suds and the water and everything and just making even chores into meditation, so to speak. Yes, that's one aspect of it. There's so many different parts to meditation, and everybody's got their idea of what the best is. And that is definitely one part that I, uh, there's, most of us <clears throat> seem, hold on, <clears throat> seem um, to benefit from times where we have dedicated times that we practice, where nothing else is going on. That builds the skills that we can take it out into the world. Wow, that's brilliant. And if you don't mind me asking, do you have a specific, uh, you know, way to ease people into it, or what what do you do currently for your meditation practice? Well, what I do is what I do, and it's related to a mindfulness movement. It's a, mm-hmm. I have a, yet meditation for some people is so needed and there's resistance to it, that I really, like we learn in school and in our practice, try to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as patients that don't want to take medications or would rather not, but need to. We have that discussion. I ask them to be mindful or suggest, invite them to be mindful as they drink the water and the pills go down, just noticing that can bring a little awareness to a person. So that yes. would, I think what, that needs to be a different interview about how some of us, like myself, have incorporated meditation skills into our practice, both for our own self and also for the people we come in contact with. And my Absolutely. original doctor, David Crow, modeled that for me. So I saw it first, and then I learned it for myself. That's beautifully said. And, yes, I, I would absolutely probably need to invite you back for another interview because we have a lot to get through still. <laughs> yes, we do. And, and please guide my questions now. I want you to ask what you want to ask. Okay. So um, so just quickly before we move on to the Santa Monica uh, homeopathic pharmacy questions, uh, how, what else do you do? You mentioned being um, an educator and also you work in a hospital, so why don't you just say a few words about that? 
Yes, let me clarify. I do work. I don't work in a hospital. I work for Cedar Sinai, and mm-hmm. it's part of their medical networks. Cedar Sinai in Los Angeles has both a hospital and quite an extensive medical network of practitioners, uh, doctors, nurses, uh, all pharmacists, lots of different things, and we're part of the medical network, and I'm in part of the integrative health group. Mm-hmm. And so we're under the umbrella of CEDARS, but we are, in a sense, standalone. That's an aggregate of CEDARS. So I work in a beautiful clinic, a beautiful mm-hmm. clinic that has an MD, a naturopathic doctor. Not sure if you have MDs in New York. And I don't. We do, yeah. Good, good. And we have a dietitian. We have a doctor of osteopathy, and we have... The naturopath is also an acupuncturist, and we're currently hiring another acupuncturist. So we all work together in the site. So I'm a pharmacist that works within a clinic with doctors and available to talk to any of these other practitioners about any of the things we've just mentioned and also to meet one-on-one with patients either on the phone or in person. And it's great work. I work there a uh, half a day a week. Okay, so Perfect. a patient, let's say, comes in, makes an appointment, and then they would be guided towards the practitioner that they feel they would get the most benefit from, or do they get to see all of those six yes, practitioners? Yes, very good question. No, they, they yes, they start with one, and in most cases, they will start with one of the clinicians, one of the, the either the naturopath. DO or MD, and then those clinicians will refer them to us. In some cases, it's the other way around, but they only start with one. And okay. I have had several patients make an appointment just with me, and they brought their shopping carts of drugs and supplements, and we put them out on a big table that I have in my office. And from that, I can either help them or I'll make a recommendation for them to see either our doctors or other doctors that are familiar with dietary supplements as well as prescription drugs. So it works both ways. Great. And is insurance accepted at this location? No. No, this is not. This is a fee-based service. Okay. And um, is there, like, a long line or a waiting list, or how does that usually work? It really depends. It depends on the availabilities of the doctors. Mm -hmm. But usually we can see people within a reasonable amount of time. All right, perfect. So then that leaves us with your educator role. Well, that's – oh, you make me smile. (laughs) I'm thinking about that. I would consider myself – I do consider myself – an experiential educator mostly. Mm-hmm. And what that means is I take we have healthcare students come into Santa Monica Homeopathic and also a little into the Cedars Integrative Group. I work with physicians there, residents. And we show them what we do, how we work together, and then they study what they need in order to understand what we're doing. And so uh We take students from about a dozen pharmacy schools for either six- or four-week trainings, 
And then in July, in a few weeks, we're going to have our first postgraduate a pharmacist resident, and she's going to spend a year with us so that she can be fully trained to know all the things that I've mentioned plus the other things that I haven't mentioned. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's who how we found out about each other through this yes, um, so new graduate swapy. <laughs> yes. In the Likewise. other place, yeah, that um, I have the good fortune to go is that I'm on the faculty for two Chinese medical colleges, their doctorate programs. So uh, I get to teach pharmacology to acupuncturists, and mm -hmm. I get to teach natural medicine to pharmacists, nurses, doctors, and it's just great. I teach at a couple of pharmacy schools, too, as a guest lecturer. Wow. So you are an and, educator. Don't be modest. <laughs> well, I am, yes, and though I am definitely an educator, it's always coming from that first thing that I told you about how my eyes were opened years and years ago that patients wanted me to give them good, solid information, and I didn't have it. So while I like to get into real detail and I love biochemistry, I'm mostly interested in what a healthcare practitioner needs to know in order to have a very successful, fruitful interaction with their patient. And that is not taught from books. Yeah. Well, that was actually leading to my next question, which was how did you hone your skills and gain confidence to consult both patients and to have your teaching capacity? That is a good question that I might need a moment to think about. I don't think there's one answer to that. It's, um, it's motivated by what I just said is what do I need to know in order to provide the best pharmacist care that I can. And so from there, I will usually look at PubMed, see what's available. I also mm -hmm. do, um, there's some certain mentors and luminaries that I follow. And now with blogs like you have and podcasts like you're doing, <laughs> um, I, I consume a lot of that. I, I'm in Los Angeles. I drive a lot. And so I, I consume a lot of that information and try to sort out what I think is true and what isn't and look mm -hmm. it up. And thank goodness for Siri, because while I'm driving, I'll, I'll rem put a reminder with her, like look up to see if this really does that. And... Uh, so a lot, that is, it's prolific now, the different places one can find the information. The challenge is to find out if it's really good information or not, or if it's yeah. just advertiser-motivated, uh, because the advertisers are getting very, very, very clever. And so that's kind of been my pattern. And as I've been working at Santa Monica Homeopathic, I just hit 20 years last month, we get invited to a lot of conferences. And there I get exposed to a lot of the state-of-the-art information, what companies are planning on doing and why. And then I can ask a lot of questions because there's people like you and me there, and we say, what do you use for this? What do you do for that? 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of networking. I'd say now more than ever networking. But before, I would read, watch, reread, watch, look up, talk to people. That's what I did. Currently, there are many programs that both public and professionals can do. A lot of my colleagues have started those programs, the people that I still consider mentors. Wow, I'm loving what you're saying, that not only is all this information up for grabs and available, but you're also using your background knowledge and just looking at it with a discerning eye and saying, does this make sense with what I already know and with my prior experience? And, you know, you're first filtering it out and then putting it into practice. Yes, and I'm filtering, yes, exactly right. I'm filtering it as a, filtering it as a pharmacist mm-hmm. first uh, and a chemist second because pharmacy's got to make sense according to chemistry. And the other thing that I look for since you're, we have pharmacists interviewing pharmacists, when I go to lectures, I listen carefully to how they describe drugs and drug mechanism of action. And if the speaker is knowledgeable about that, my ears perk up a little more and because they know they're not just very narrow focused on their product. They don't just say it works and it's awesome. I need a little more than that if I'm going to use it or if I'm going to recommend that. And then conversely, Marina, I want to be the same way when I'm talking to an expert in Chinese herbs. I want to have enough background that I kind of know what I'm talking about. And as in anything that you learn, the more you learn, the easier it is for you to learn. And then when you hit a bump, you go backwards a little and then just learn more. Yeah, for sure. Trying to keep the brain pathways young and trying to keep us on our toes by constantly practicing those different pathways. Yep, and also to know when enough is enough and then meditate or have fun or go outside because there's only so much we can do. (laughs) For sure. Okay, so I think now we're finally ready to talk about your main um, employment employer, which is the Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy that you said you've been practicing for 20 years with them. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've actually been in existence since 1944 and family-owned all those years, correct? Yes, that is correct. This is our 75th year. I'm happy to say I've been part of this family-owned business for the last 20 years. And, yes, it's a really a groundbreaking, caring innovative pharmacy in many ways and it's been in Santa Monica not the same location but within a mile for 75 years and it's still family run. Yeah that's wonderful to hear I mean in in our world where everybody's kind of uh, I don't want to say it but basically some people are starting to talk about monopolies forming from all these different mm-hmm. industries and you know, it's so nice when you see a shop blossom for all these years and they're just family-owned. And your business model is quite unique because your yeah. main type of work is consulting, which is complementary. And then uh, your prescription department actually is not your leading, um, you know, profit. Nope, so why don't you tell all. us a little bit about that? <laughs> Well, we are a registered pharmacy. We are a licensed pharmacy in the state of California, and we can do everything that 
your listeners' pharmacies can do most everything. The owners many years ago, maybe even 50 years ago, decided that that's not the direction that they wanted to go, that there was a need for a pharmacy to provide excellent products, high-quality products with high-quality consultation. And that's what we do is um, the main thing we do where we generate our money to survive and, and, uh, and is our business is we do sell products. So that's what we do. We sell products, and complementary to that are consultations. Yes, yeah, so you mentioned all the different practitioners that are available at any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, and could you tell us a little bit about what type of pres- prescriptions are most common and if you take insurance plans? We don't take insurance plans. That's definitely part of the business model. If we did take insurance plans, we would need to do a high volume. We have chosen right. not to take insurance. There are operations within walking distance that handle that very well in their business model. Our prescriptions tend to be thyroid hormones. That fills the need. We have some, we have um, a few different thyroid products that the chain stores don't carry. And then there's also a special class of homeopathic medicines that per FDA are available only by prescription. And so we fill that need also. Hmm. I actually have not heard of that. That will be not many topic for a different day. <laughs> yes, but there are, and I should let you know and any pharmacists that are listening, that I've authored two continuing education courses that are available online. One, I think, just expired for credit, but it's still there. And the other one on the safety, a fair, balanced approach to safety of homeopathic medicines, that you can still get continuing education credit. Oh, that's uh, great information. And which uh, which website can we look up to see that? Well, that one, it requires registration and also, I don't know if you're going to have show notes. We can put that in the show notes or we can let people know how to get a hold of me. And I would be okay, happy yeah. to send that back. Perfect. Yeah, at yeah. the end, I wanted to definitely give them the opportunity to get your contact information. And, of course, they'll put all the relevant information in the show notes as well. So you've just, um, if I can just let you, you've really modeled what we try to do at Santa Monica Homeopathic, whether it has to do with drug interactions or homeopathics or essential oils or any of the 20 other different kinds of products that we have at the store. When someone says, oh, I didn't know that, I'm not sure what that means or how to work with it, call us. Send them down. <laughs> uh, the regular old filling your sleep medication and cholesterol medication, there's plenty of places to do that. Definitely. So speaking of calling you, do you guys do any online, either sales or consults or classes if people don't live in Santa Monica? Yes. Um, currently we have in-person classes in Santa Monica and we're doing about one a month on that. Uh, And as far as classes online, not yet, but it's in the docket, thanks to Mm -hmm. things like Zoom. Um, And especially if people are interested in that, I'll give you our email. You can let them know that you want that. We do online sales. We ship anywhere in the United States, and it's also possible to ship internationally. 
And we do answer emails briefly. So that is one of the things the owners of this wonderful pharmacy want to give back to the community, that if it takes us a few minutes, we're happy to answer anybody's questions by email. And then we might also recommend that you do an email consultation with one of our staff members, or we might even refer you. And we know some doctors in other cities, too, so sometimes we can be helpful with that. Not as much as I'd like, but by talking to you, Marina, I'd like to get to know some of the doctors in New York because we have customer base that sometimes is bi-coastal, and when they're in New York, they want to know who we suggest. I'd be happy to yeah. talk to you offline about that. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So let's get into what type of products your store carries, which you, I know you mentioned a lot, but um, if you could talk about the form, I know essential oils, homeopathy, uh, what what form is the homeopathic product line in, sure. like cream, lotion, oral, right. and then right. also your phytotherapeutics if they're in capsules or tablets or tinctures or herbs, go for it. Yeah, sure. So what you might see if you come into our store, and I invite you and every listener when you come to Los Angeles to come visit us, it in some ways it looks a little bit like a vitamin store. So you're going to see vitamins, uh, multivitamins and single vitamins. You will see minerals. You'll see essential oils, one of my favorite topics. Uh, not essential oils, essential fatty acids. I meant to say omega oils. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, sorry. I, I always criticize people get those confused. So omegas is a big subject. And for most people, there's an easy answer, but then we accommodate clients that have specialized needs for that. So, so if uh, omegas are big, probiotics, Prebiotics and postbiotics are real important ones, antioxidants, enzymes, both digestive enzymes and also anti-inflammatory enzymes, and then many kinds of botanicals. We have the herbs that you would expect like ginger, black cohosh, St. John's wort, which is a big one for me. Anyone wants St. John's wort, they talk to me. And or the other pharmacist. Obviously, I'm not at work today, so we have a wonderful, wonderful pharmacist who fills in one day a week, and then when I'm on vacation. And uh, we have but we have Western botanicals, and we also have traditional Chinese medicine combinations, either in capsules or liquids. And almost every day, we have a Chinese herbalist on staff. Very and nice. they don't function as a clinician as much as how to guide people. Great. We have a full array, probably the most of any pharmacy in the country, of homeopathic medicines, either the little pellets, the little tablets, sprays, ointments, suppositories, tinctures, and whatever we don't have we usually can get within a day or two. Nice. We have teas. We have, I'm looking at the store in my mind's eye now. So though a very wide array, the, the dilemma is not when somebody comes in and says, do you have anything for anxiety? We're not going, hmm, do we have something for anxiety? But what of the 100 things that we have is going to best suit the person that we're talking to? And we find out by 
asking a few simple questions and then having them decide with us. This is very much a shared decision-making situation since we're not their doctor. Right. So where do you see the most interest or sales currently? Like what are people most interested in? People are interested what you probably would think they would be. Yet in the entire store, to say that, I can't give you an accurate answer for the entire store because as we spoke of at the beginning, each of us on staff, myself included, have our specialties. So I probably get an inordinate amount of people concerned about insomnia and hormone problems. We get concerns about what people can do while they're on cancer treatment Mm -hmm. and what they can do after, and if a a close relative has it. Um, We also talk about resilience and suggest about how the nervous system can be more adaptive so people come in for fatigue, loss of energy, or their training for some sports event. Um, We get a lot of questions about drugs that people don't want to take, and their doctor says, come back in three months, and if your numbers aren't better, then you'll start on your diabetes drugs or cholesterol drugs or high blood pressure drugs. And that's our great window. When they've been really well cared for in the medical system and there's a window of opportunity where they might see if their body can help itself, we really shine for that. It's worth a try. Yeah, that's wonderful to have that window. Mm-hmm. And a lot of medical doctors either say you've got diabetes or you don't, or there's something like pre-diabetes, and I find most of the people I talk to need more support than they're getting from the average doctor visit in order to make those changes and decipher all the information that's on social media about what they should do about any of those things I said. Yeah, especially since, like you said, some of those messages and information tutorials uh, are trying to lead you to buy a product at the end anyway. So it sometimes comes with an agenda. It is with an agenda. And the, the media outlets, as I love media outlets, they're, one of their major purposes is to get you to engage in their media. And so headlines, you and I both know that, headlines are put out there not to necessarily fully educate, but to educate but attract. And we get mm-hmm. attracted by it. We can't help it. We want to try it. It's not always appropriate. So are there any specific brands that you like that you see the most um, fantastic results with or that you feel are very high quality? I have my own opinions about that, and I prefer not to do that on something like this because it is so variable depending on situation. Let me give you an example. Somebody who is a 22-year-old, like a lot of the students I get, who wants to take a product, has no medical conditions, and is not on medication, it's not as crucial that they get a certain brand, particularly if they're taking something that quality is not as significant. Whereas if we take 
a 75-year-old who has multiple conditions, has many medications, and already is dizzy and is a, has a fall risk, a risk of falling. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different story. And also added into that, not even age-related, we get a lot of people that have symptoms or diseases related to environmental sensitivity. And the more environmental sensitivity that is detected or suspected, the more important it is to have very, very good formulations without a lot of extra inactive ingredients. That's a case-by-case. There are a whole array of manufacturers that work with professionals only, and some, in fact, that you can't get on Amazon or only certain ways you can get on Amazon. And that's really when you asked how I learned. I've really relied on them because they are not marketing to the end user, the public. They are educating and marketing to the healthcare professional and relying on them to create the context to suggest those products to the patients. I like that. And as a pharmacist, I like being in the middle like that. That's what I trained for at USC Pharmacy School to be in the middle of the prescriber or the clinician and the end user, the patient. So I have a preference for those. It also fits our business model more. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been a hype about cannabis products on the market, so do you carry any of those? And if you do, in what form? Yes, I'm glad. This is a really good way to summarize what we do. I had no intention of learning about cannabinoids, but you know what happened. The customers, patients coming into our store <laughs> yeah. were using them and asking me if they interacted with their medications. And it was, so the answer is this has been a in-depth three-year process for me and for the store. As the pharmacist in charge, I wanted to make sure that the store was legal in order to carry cannabidiol products or hemp extracted products. And so um, my pharmacy students, our pharmacy students were part of this. They were the research people for this. And they, mm-hmm. over the three years, have done the research. And and we have also. So the answer is yes. In looking at cannabinoids, both from cannabis and from other plants, it looks like they fit my qualifications of probably, in most cases, though it depends, having more benefits than risks. Mm-hmm. And currently our line of products is a little limited. And I, if you don't mind, I'd rather not say brands. People can email to find out. But we yeah, are very careful with what we're doing. But as careful as we are with the brands that we have, we're even more careful with the information that we give out and listening to the need first and the whole person whether they've been on cannabis before or not, and et cetera, whether they're on medications. And in many cases, that's the right thing to look into, either through our direction or we can refer them to practitioners that are experienced with this. And what form do you tend to recommend to clients? A tincture, an oil, topicals, or how do, yes. how do you like to All of those. Them? It really depends, and still I'm on the learning curve now because this, honestly, in all of the drugs or botanicals or dietary supplements that I've ever studied in 25 years, 
This is the first one that people have been using for many, many years, <laughs> and yeah. you're more expert in this than me, so I'm, I'm having to catch up. I feel and the same way. <laughs> using some friends, and may I do a shout-out to my kids that are providing information for me, my adult children. But um, I really like the topicals. In terms of safety and a mechanism of action, I like the topicals very much. Um, creams, balms, I think that's what we have. We also have capsules, and we have liquids in, um, in oil. We also have many of the top supplement companies, including the practitioner ones, have come out with combinations of not just cannabinoids, but also the other molecules that and compounds that occur with them that synergize or enhance the effect to give a broader effect, broader and safer. Mm -hmm. um, currently in California, as far as I know, THC is not allowed in pharmacies. In other yes. states, maybe, and I know New York has a very interesting situation for pharmacies. Yeah, it's, un it's under 0.03%, I believe. Yes. Yeah, 0.3%, mm -hmm. right. We're allowed to have that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your listeners might be interested to know that about three weeks ago, FDA had a public hearing, an all-day public hearing for stakeholders about CBD, cannabidiol, and other uh, cannabinoids, and that's public domain, so they can Google FDA CBD hearing, and it was in May, and I think they've got a summary, and eventually the full day of presentations will be available, and it was quite good. Great. Yeah, thank you for letting me know about that in advance. I appreciate that. And may I just add one more thing, that FDA is asking for professional and public input. There's an FDA docket site, which I can send to you, and they're asking for all kinds of people, manufacturer, clinicians, public, to tell the FDA what they think about the safety and the efficacy of CBD. Yeah, yeah, that would be great, and I could share that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Good. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think we covered so many things. Thank you for for all the information so far. There's just a few things. Your baby. Yeah, my baby wants me back. <laughs> okay, we went a little long. Okay. Yeah, but let's do, if you don't mind, like another couple of minutes just to wrap things up. Good. Um, Good. I just wanted to ask. A couple of like controversial topics, one of which has to do with CBD. So let me sure. start with that. So the CBD one would be what are the limitations of recommending it? For example, I know a lot of pregnant women have come out and say they use it for, um, for nausea during the first trimester. And is there a stance on it officially at your store or what can you say about that? That's Here's how I'm going to – I have to answer this carefully. It is in a very important current area of our investigation, and we're trying to gather all the different views about that. In our pharmacy, any woman who is pregnant, we do not suggest any herbal products or botanical products unless they've already been okayed by her practitioner. So CBD would fall under that. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the other topic I wanted to ask about briefly is if there are any uh, vaccines offered at the store? Uh, currently, that's not a service that we offer. Okay. They, there's a place across the street that does it, and we're happy to refer them to that place. And they refer people to us when there's dietary supplement and other kind of questions like that. All right, perfect. And um Oh, and one other question I wanted to ask is um, if you offer any kind of uh, sliding scale for people that can't afford maybe the full price. I love that you asked that question. That is not part of my area in the pharmacy to discuss. I leave that to the managers, and so I don't know if that's true. Uh, usually if there's questions like that, there's two things that I do. I refer them to the managers, but then I work with them. Because in, in this kind of field, there's not just one thing that's needed. If somebody comes in, should we keep with anxiety, and the product sure. costs more than they want to spend, I can always find something else that's less mm-hmm. expensive. It, may not work as well or there may be chances it wouldn't work as well but then it maybe will we're very accommodating uh, there's a large population in santa monica that is not affluent a lot of affluent mm-hmm. but there's a, a lot of non-affluent and people that have lost their jobs there's also a lot of travelers and so we really do try to be clever with what can fit their needs at different price points. That's great. And that comes from knowing a lot of products and talking to a lot of people. Wonderful. So um, my last kind of question dealing with your pharmacy background and um, what you do is uh, do you get a chance to follow up with any of your clients, whether it's in the clinic that you see patients once a week or in the store? Like, how how is your return of, of previous clients? That's a very important question that I've been thinking about and something that we might put our resident, Dr. Swathi Varanasi, that's one of the projects I have for her to look at our store about the follow-up. But the quick answer is that at the pharmacy, it's kind of an indirect follow-up. They contact us. We don't contact them. They have questions or when they need more of their products or uh, we wait for them. We don't follow up with them on our own initiative usually. At the clinic, at the Cedars Integrative Health Group, being in contact with the doctors, I follow up. If the patients follow up with the doctors, then I'm usually part of that. The exception or the treat is that sometimes people that are seen at the clinic will get their products at the pharmacy. And so I have seen them in one location, and then the completely unrelated location where I also work, they'll come and get the products, and then I can give them the absolute best care because there we are standing together or on the phone. They've got the products in their hand, and I can reiterate what I talked to them about before about their their doctor's plan. Really, really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, when the person comes back and they could tell you whether or not something works, that's really good feedback for us. 
And then if we see them back, that means they trust us and they're ready to ask us something else. So that's also a good sign. But sometimes maybe you help them with something and they never come back because who knows, maybe they're miraculously cured. So that would also be really cool to know, you know, to have some kind of feedback about that. Well, maybe you can help me design that project for her because I I would like to know that. That's very good information because what could come out of that is how we could improve to have more people benefit from what we suggested. Because, uh, just very briefly with homeopathy, it's not a failure if the first homeopathic medicine suggested doesn't work. That's pretty counterintuitive. But sometimes going through one or two uh, different suggestions, then we can really hone on the homeopathic medicine that matches. The same is kind of true for medications. We start people out on one, and if they don't do well on one and they don't do well on another, we look at what were the symptoms of not doing well, and that really informs us what other medication to choose. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of different options always, and it would be great to kind of know how to improve outcomes and right. use our past experience for that. That is the name of the game. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Pam Tarlow, thank you so much for joining me. I just want to ask you a couple of more just quick personal questions just for fun for our audience. So um, the first one is, what's your advice for pharmacy students or pharmacists that are interested to learn more about this more holistic pharmacy approach? My first advice is to be curious and talk to your patients. You're going to learn a lot from them. If they're taking a supplement with their drug, find out why, then go look it up on PubMed. There's some great resources that are available, both free and for subscription. But it does depend for pharmacy students, whether it's for their general knowledge or they're looking at a particular setting. A hospital pharmacist might want to do something different than someone who's going to be a geriatric pharmacist versus an HIV pharmacist versus oncology pharmacist. So it's a pretty broad question, but it all comes down to curiosity, persistence, and find some people that you admire and learn from them. Great. And what is one thing that listeners can do to improve their quality of life? If you could just give one suggestion. Tell all your practitioners everything you're taking. And don't be worried if they're going to tell you it doesn't work. We as practitioners need to know and want to know the array of things that you're taking so that we can keep you safe and that, so that we can know you better. That's great. And that builds trust and communication and it battles the fear of judgment as well. Yes. And on our All next right. interview, I'll, I'll increase that list. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now, what, what's uh, one hobby or favorite pastime of yours? Oh, you're so well. I'm drinking matcha tea right now. M a t c h a. I'm quite a tea aficionado. That leads so me I, to my next question. I was going to ask, what's your favorite tea or other beverage? <laughs> I really? Well, you got yeah. it. <laughs> one in the same. Uh, I absolutely love. The ritual, the taste, and the physiological benefits and the community feeling 
of green tea and all other kinds of tea. Tea in, in tea ceremonies, even if the only person attending the tea ceremony is oneself. Ah, oh, very nice. All right, so just tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you or learn more about the Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy. Sure, the phone number there is 310-395-1131, and the email is info at fmhomeopathic.com, S is in Santa, M is in Monica, H-O-M-E-O-P-A-T-H-I-C dot com. And that's probably the best place to get a hold of me. So they should just write attention, Pam, on the email? Yep. Yep. And if I'm not the one to answer the question, I'll send it over to the colleague who will. And you can also go to our website, which is www.fmhomeopathic.com. All right. I will provide all those links in the show notes. Again, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful interview and such a pleasure. And I've, I've learned so much, and I know our listeners did as well. So thank you pleasure so much for your care. time. <laughs> pleasure. Take care. And goodbye to all the listeners. Thank you for all right. listening. Thank you, Bye. and we'll be in touch. All right. Good. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everyone, that was Dr. Pam Tarlow of Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy. To get in touch with her or get connected to the pharmacy, just go on their website, santamonicahomeopathicpharmacy.com, and all the information about what we spoke about will be in the show notes, so check it out. And I hope to see you in the next episode of the Raw Fork Podcast.